Welcome to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Whether you're a backyard gardener, a market gardener, or a small-scale farmer just starting out or a seasoned grower, this show is for you. Join us as we share tips and tricks, tactics and hacks to growing food for yourself, your family, and your community, as well as sharing stories here from the field and other growers and farmers making a difference in their local food webs. My name is Cody, and I will be your host, so let's get growing. All right, guys, welcome back to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast, where we empower you with the knowledge and techniques to cultivate, hopefully, a bountiful garden so you can grow some food and feed some people. So today, we're going to jump back into our Planning Your First Garden series, and I'm excited for this one because I think this is an issue that can kind of catch you by surprise, especially if you're brand new. You've gotten your garden prepped, you're getting veggies growing, but do you have a battle plan for the weeds? that are inevitably going to try to take over your garden. Weeds are those relentless invaders that can wreak havoc in your garden. But fear not, because with the right strategies and a comprehensive understanding of no-till and no-chemical principles, you can definitely regain control and enjoy a weed-free paradise. And as we always say, planning ahead is half the battle. So picture this. You've grown a beautiful garden, brimming with vibrant plants, flourishing with abundance. Now imagine that same garden overrun by invasive weeds, suffocating your plants and robbing the soil of vital nutrients. Now this is a nightmare every gardener dreads, and this is a nightmare that I have lived firsthand. I'm speaking from experience. Today I'm here to equip you with a battle plan to combat those relentless weeds before they get out of hand. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Now the very first thing that I do, and I did not do this my first year, but that is tarping for weed suppression. Before we even get started, I use the strategy of tarping. And that's really our first line of defense against the weeds, and that is the technique called tarping or sheet mulching. Maybe you've heard of it. Now by covering the soil with a thick layer of organic material such as cardboard, newspapers, or even a plastic tarp, we can block sunlight and prevent the weed seeds from germinating. It's an effective method, particularly when preparing a new garden bed or embarking on a no-till garden journey. But let's not stop there. Let's dig a little bit deeper. Now, how can tarping benefit your garden in the long run? What other advantages does it offer beside weed suppression? There's a handful of ways to use tarps around the farm, but weed suppression is the number one task for my tarps. I will put them on pre-season, prior to prepping the beds, and it actually eliminates a ton of work for me for any weeds that may have crept in late fall or that might want to try to pop in the spring. We can get those buggers taken care of right off the bat before we even get planting. And that's ultimately the goal. You know, the the easiest way to eliminate the majority of your weeds is to start a garden bed without any weeds at the beginning of the season. So tarping is definitely an effective way to do that and one that I use all the time. Now I know that using plastic on the farm may be one of those controversial issues, but to be completely honest, if you use a high quality silage tarp, it should last you for several years. So you're not just going through and abusively using plastic. It's kind of a one and done for many years. And that's honestly one of the most effective tools that I use in my arsenal here on the farm. Now the second way to help you have a weed-free garden, and this is one that we've talked about in our other series, and that is companion planting for better soil coverage. Now that we've covered tarping, let's explore 
a little more natural way and a very powerful weapon against weeds. And, and honestly, folks, you know that this is my favorite way. And that is by companion planting, by strategically planting different crops together in the same area, we can create a natural mulch that covers the soil, depriving the weeds and space they need to thrive. Now imagine planting low-growing crops like clover or vetch between rows of taller plants such as your tomatoes and peppers. Now I've done exactly that this year. I've got clover started underneath my cucumbers, underneath my melons, underneath my corn, as well as my peppers. And I used another cover crop mix, which I talked about in another episode, for a few of my other beds to build the soil and also act as a soil cover. So I want you to think about how companion planting can contribute to a healthier and more sustainable garden ecosystem. I mean, we did a whole series on it. So what are some creative combinations you could try in your own garden? Now we're gonna get down dirty and talk about some work. And this is one, again, that I do on a weekly basis, if needed. And it's really the way to maintain and manage your beds throughout the season. Because even with tarping and even with companion planting, unless you are growing in a bubble, right? Unless you are growing in a completely enclosed environment, which that's not how I like to grow my food, you are also gonna deal with weed seeds that blow in, that come in via the birds. There's gonna be weeds that pop up, okay? No-till does not mean no weeds, not by any stretch of the imagination. So you really need to implement these other two strategies really on a weekly basis. And it doesn't have to take long if you do it this way. You know, I try to make a habit of, you know, making a morning chore out of it if possible or an evening chore if possible. I really try to make this a part of my weekly garden routine at least one or two days a week, either be the morning or the evening, and that is hand weeding and hoeing. And the more hoeing we do at the right time, the less hand weeding we're going to have to do later. So, you know, while modern gardening techniques have brought forth new approaches, we cannot forget about the tried and true methods of hand weeding and hoeing. Now these traditional techniques can be remarkably effective, especially in small scale gardens. Now when hand weeding, you want to remember to remove the entire weed, including the roots, to prevent regrowth. Now as far as hoeing goes, it is an excellent option for larger gardens or even small mid-sized gardens. My go-to tool for this, I actually use two. I use a stirrup or an action hoe if I've got to get a little bit deeper into the soil for a little bit bigger weeds, or I like to use my collinear hoe. My collinear hoe is what I like to use for my weekly routines, and it's really about catching the crops right as they emerge from the soil, right? You don't want to let them get carried away because if you let those weeds, once you see them start to pop, if you let them go a week, you are gonna be overrun, right? So I like to use my collinear hoe, which allows me to slice off the top of the weeds just below the soil surface and that'll impede their ability to bounce back. But here's a tip, make sure to choose a dry day for hoeing if possible, as the wet soil can actually hinder your effects. So like I said, I try to do that once or twice a week, every week, no matter what, and I try to get those weeds just as they pop through the surface. If you do that a few times the first few weeks, it'll really keep the rest of the season weed efforts to a minimum. But if you don't stay on top of it in the beginning, they will overrun your entire garden and that's not what you want. So what are the benefits to incorporating manual weed control methods into your gardening routine? How can these techniques provide a deeper connection to your garden? 
that is a great question that you should be asking yourself. And once you get out there and you start pulling every individual weed by hand or, or hoeing, you're gonna start to be able to observe what's really happening within your garden beds and within your plants. So number three is hand weeding and hoeing. And those are ones that, you know, people kind of think about cringing, but honestly, a long handled collinear hoe or an action hoe is a lot easier on the back and a lot easier than hand pulling. So if you can do that on a regular basis, it really should cut down on the hand weeding to a bare minimum. Now, the fourth thing here is mulching during season for moisture retention. So let's talk about this incredible dual purpose technique of mulching. Not only does it control the weeds, but it also helps retain the valuable moisture in the soil. Now, when it comes to mulch, the options are plentiful. My three favorites would be straw, leaves, and grass clippings. They all make a fantastic choice. And by applying mulch a few inches away from your plant stems, we can create a protective barrier that prevents the weed seeds from germinating and competing with the precious plants. Now, additionally, the mulch acts as an insulation, reducing evaporation and helping the soil retain the moisture, which is crucial, especially during the dry spells, which here in Michigan, we are in a freaking drought. It hasn't actually rained for over a month. Um, thankfully, of course, we've got an irrigation system that keeps everything alive, but it is real dry. So I want you to ask yourself, how can mulching contribute to the water conservation in your garden? And what are some of the other benefits to using organic mulch? One of the top on the list for me, as far as that regard, is actually adding the organic matter to the soil. So as those mulches break down, they become part of your soil bed and will help contribute to the actual organic structure of your bed. Now the fifth one, and it's one that I really don't use very often at all because I'm pretty good at the other methods. Um, however, I would use these with a word of caution and I would use these, I actually wouldn't ever use these in my garden beds but I would use them around the perimeter of my garden to keep the weeds at bay. And that is your organic weed killers. You know, I am absolutely zero chemical weed killers, fertilizers, any of that on our farm. But sometimes, despite our best efforts, weeds can still manage to find their way into or around our garden. And if they're taking over right around the garden, the weed seeds are gonna blow in. So in those cases, it can be helpful to have an organic weed killer recipe up your sleeve, right? So if you need a quick solution, but want to avoid the harsh chemicals, of course, like we all do, here's an effective homemade mixture. You want to mix one gallon of white vinegar, one cup of salt, and one tablespoon of dish soap in a spray bottle. Shake it well and apply the mixture directly onto the weeds. Now you've got to take care to avoid any of your desirable plants because the vinegar and the salt will dry out and kill the weeds, while the dish soap helps maintain the mixture and adhere to the leaves. However, Keep in mind that this mixture is non-selective, meaning it will kill any plant that it comes in contact with. So use it sparingly and like I said, use it with caution. Again, I don't use any of this in my garden beds, but I would use it around the outside to keep the weeds at bay. So how can organic weed killers be a viable alternative to a chemical-based option? And in what situations would you consider using your organic weed killers? So now that we've covered a range of strategies today, all geared towards reclaiming control over your gardens from the clutches of the weeds. Remember, a well-executed battle plan is essential in the war against the unwanted intruders. And by incorporating techniques such as tarping, companion planting, hand weeding and hoeing, mulching, and even utilizing a little organic weed killers if necessary, 
you can create a flourishing weed-free garden. Now, I would be remiss to not talk about the power of planning ahead because the worst thing that could happen, like I said, is that you actually get a beautiful garden growing, but you forget about your battle plan for weeds and they will creep in and they will take over within the matter of weeks. It does not take long when the weeds start to spread. So that's why I'm putting so much emphasis in actually creating this entire episode around the battle plan for weeds because it is that important. So I really want to emphasize the significance of planning ahead and thinking about these and taking care of them before they become a problem for you. Because in gardening, as in real life, foresight and preparation play a vital role, right? I've said it before, the seven Ps, proper and prior preparation, prevent a piss poor performance. So by carefully considering your garden layout, selecting the appropriate companion plants, and implementing weed suppression techniques from the very beginning, you set yourself up for success, guys. So you wanna take the time to assess your garden needs, understand the behavior of the different weed species, and plan accordingly. Now, when armed with the knowledge and a well-thought-out battle plan, you can actually overcome any weed-related challenge that comes your way. So how can the concept of planning ahead extend beyond weed control and positively impact the other aspects of your gardening journey? What are some practical steps that you can take to incorporate planning into your gardening routine. And that, guys, is the entire reason why I'm doing this entire series on planning your first garden. Planning ahead is that important. Whether it's planning your garden layout, your crop rotation, your battle plan for weeds. Next week, we're gonna talk about planning ahead for the harvest because that's another thing that can sneak up on you and all of a sudden you've got all of this produce and you don't know what to do with it. So next week, we're gonna talk about planning for the harvest. Really hope you've enjoyed the battle plan for weeds and gained some valuable insights into effective weed control techniques. And remember that the right strategies and a proactive mindset, you can maintain a garden that thrives and nourishes both your body and soul, right? It's all about, let's grow some food and feed some people. And guys, as always, if you have any questions or would like to share your own experiences in battling weeds, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or in the Q&A section of Spotify below each one of our podcast episodes. I would love to hear from you guys. Like I said last week, it is go time. The crops are growing. The veggies are sprouting. The fruits are coming on. So get out there, guys. Get your hands dirty. Make somebody smile this week, and we will talk to you on the next one.